Today in studio, we have Warwick Percy from Capasso. He's got a hell of a lot of knowledge about the digital realm of music. And it's backed by a lot of experience in sound and musicianship. All these things combined make him the Patrick Stewart of digital music. Let's see what Dr. X has to say today. <laughs> okay, so what does Capasso stand for and what's its main purpose and focus? So Capasso stands for Composers, Authors and Publishers Association. It's a mechanical rights society. Um, so, so people who don't know what mechanical rights are, it's basically, according to our Copyright Act, the, the right that comes about through a reproduction or, or reformatting of a composer's work. Um, so Capasso essentially licenses, collects and distributes for mechanical rights. Um, and mechanical rights come about through digital downloads, streaming, uh, broadcast, phonomechanicals, which is, which is physical CD. Um, so yeah, that's, that's essentially what Capasso does. What's your position at Capasso and, and what, does, what does it entail? My, uh, my position is, is basically everything digital at Capasso when it comes to the, the digital licensing space. Um, to put it in a, in a brief context, uh, for a, a service like iTunes or Spotify, um, services like that, for them to, to launch in South Africa legally, uh, there's various copyrights that they need to uh, license. And I'm the person who, who does the, the negotiations and licensing for those contracts. Okay, so which copyrights are being used and what kind of royalties occur from the uh, digital use of music such as streaming and downloads? Um, so for something like uh, an iTunes download, because it's uh, being, the, the download serves as the mechanical reproduction and therefore uh, a mechanical royalty is due. Um, but additionally, what we call a master right, which is the right to the, the actual sound recording as opposed to the, the composition, that also needs to be covered and that's covered directly by th from the, uh, the record label side. In terms of uh, streaming, the only additional aspect in a stream is a performance royalty um, due to a stream being essentially a performance to the public. So three royalty streams would occur from a, a stream and two from a digital download. Who should artists be registered with to receive these royalties? In terms of performance royalties, that's uh, Samro's core business um, and everyone should register with Samro in and that's under the presumption that they are the, the composer. Um, it's important to make that distinction between a composer and a, a performing artist, where composer being the person who actually writes the, the music and lyrics, the performing artist being the one who performs it but won't necessarily be the writer in some senses. Um, so yeah, so with regard to performance royalties, Samro is, is the person to become a member of. Mechanical royalties, Capasso, um, and to add to this, all of these memberships can be done online um, on, on the various websites, the forms can be downloaded. Um, master rights, usually that belongs to the record label. The master right belongs to the person who, who funded the recording essentially or facilitated the recording. So usually that will be paid out in the case that you have a record label. If not, and you belong to an aggregator or something like that, then the aggregators are the ones who, who pay that master right out to you. 
Okay, so on aggregation, what exactly is it and why should musicians consider it as a resource? Aggregate is, is, is huge for the industry and it's huge for, um, for the digital space in particular. Uh, an aggregator by definition is essentially a, a digital distributor of music. Um, not in all the cases, a lot of aggregators still do physical distribution. Um, but from a sort of core business sense, aggregators allow independent artists who, who aren't signed to record labels, who have just potentially done um, home recordings, home studio recordings, uh, and through an aggregator, they can get their music onto all of the major digital uh, service providers like iTunes, Spotify. Um, not only can they get them released in South Africa, but also around the world. Um, so that's great, essentially, you know, to, to get heard in, in places that, and, and downloaded and, and start gen generating revenue in places that you, you may not have had access to in the past. Um, aggregators start doing additional services on top of that. Um, some aggregators now are, are having mastering features where they're mastering specifically for, for iTunes or specifically for, for um, different types of services. They add um, website design features that help in that sense. They're sort of an all-encompassing uh, avenue essentially into the digital space. Um, so, great for the music industry and, and for independent artists. So what would constitute a fair aggregation agreement for, for an artist? It varies greatly. Um, in terms of actual pricing, it's, it's difficult to tell um, based generally just on the different pricing models. But something, the main focus and, and consideration to take is some aggregators work on a fee per album or, or per single. Um, the per album fee usually ranges from around 500 Rand if you had to convert it from, from dollars into Rands. Um, and the, the per single, usually about 100 to 150 Rand. Um, that's one pricing model where it's just the upfront fee, your music gets distributed and you get 100% of the sales that are coming from, from that. Other aggregators prefer to do something a little different where they'll lower that, that initial upfront fee but then take a percentage of sales. Um, CD Baby, for example, has a lower upfront fee but takes a 9% of, of the sales coming in. Then on the complete flip side, you may get someone who takes no upfront fee but takes a large percent of your, of your sales to, to compensate for that. Personally, I prefer the, um, the straight upfront fee, no percentage of sales. It, it, it's kind of a, depends on, on what you're expecting. If, you, uh, if you're obviously expecting a lot of downloads and, and a, a lot of activity, the upfront fee is what you want to go for and your sales won't be, be touched. But if you're still a bit unsure, you're still a bit new, Potentially, you don't have the money to fork out that upfront fee, and you're happy to to sacrifice that percentage of sales. So it's essentially um, personal preference. Which aggregators would you recommend to local artists? I'm going off off of personal experience. TuneCore, being the biggest aggregator, I've I've personally seen how TuneCore work. I've seen the the reports they reproduce. Um, 
the, the statements they give, the, their um, payout times are all very, very good. They have sort of very comprehensive lists of where your music's been downloaded, in which territory, how many times, how many streams have taken place and how much money has, um, has accumulated from that. Now, all of the aggregators essentially have the same form of, of, of business, essentially. They would, they would do it differently in terms of their reporting and statements. But once again, it's, it's, there's so many out there internationally that it's, it's based on personal preference. I would recommend people to just research and, and go look at what the, the different aggregators are offering. As I said in, in, in the previous question, there was a lot of them have additional suites of services um, that may be more attractive to some people. Um, but anyone, I mean, CD Baby, AfroCory, Mesh, there's, there's so many out there. Um, it's just a matter of, of, of exploring. So are there any music download sites in South Africa that are worth looking at? And have there been any recent developments in this area? Essentially, iTunes is, is still very new to South Africa. Um, a lot of people are quite ignorant towards it and don't even know that it's here yet. Um, in terms of other download sites, iTunes most definitely holds the monopoly here um, and obviously around the world being the biggest music distributor. With respect to the downloads, I think more focus needs to be placed on, on streaming sites and a lot of people don't even know that that sites like Audio and, and Deezer streaming services are available in South Africa. Um, and there's a lot of development going on in the, in the streaming area because that's essentially where the, the sort of end user usage is, is heading. It's more, a lot of people find it a more, more attractive product. Um, across Africa, there's, there's great things happening with respect to ringback tones. Um, purely based on, on broadband and, and sort of data issues and things. Nigeria, for example, is pr predominantly ringback tones and, it, and it's showing a, a great uh, feed of revenue. But yeah, um, Beatport, for example, is, is doing some really great things in terms of the, the EDM, the electronic dance music side, um, and it's, it's growing in stature. And who knows, potentially may get to the, the point of iTunes considering how big the, the EDM market is. Um, but quite definitely <laughs> iTunes has the, has the hold on the, on the music industry. So how can artists protect their copyrights on platforms such as YouTube and uh, what is the actual law on streaming royalties? So you, yeah, this is um, the sort of the sort of legal and technology race that's that's happening and, and obviously for the law to keep up with with technology it's it's incredibly difficult um youtube was uh, w with without going into to napster and all of that youtube has presented a sort of copyright playground um with respect to infringement things like that um essentially all youtube licenses should be sync licenses um sync licensing being where a music, a, a music file is, a, is attached to a, a video image. Um, so when YouTube first arrived, it, it caused a, a whole mess and, and lawsuits were being thrown around left, right and center. 
but since that, YouTube have, have, have done some great things in terms of trying to sort of monitor some form of copyright and, and compensate for copyright holders. Um, they now have something which is called a, a content ID system, which basically is a, is a form of filtering system where they, they store copyrights in terms of uh, music, music videos, um, all forms of copyright in this content ID system. And every time a video is uploaded to YouTube, it's filtered through this to see if there's any matches. And if there is, it notifies the copyright holder and then gives them the option to, to either take that video down, to um, monitor it, to see its usage stats, things like that, or to monetize it. Um, and that's where those, those little five second adverts come into play. And that advertising re revenue starts starts generating revenue for the copyright holders. Um, with respect to, to individual people just uploading random videos here and there, you know, covers, well not covers, but their own compositions in just a recorded song, YouTube allows anyone to essentially apply for monetization of their account um, and then essentially start generating advertising revenue from, for themselves. Um, there's a lot of additional services, which I wouldn't necessarily put them in the, the aggregator box, but aggregators do have some form of YouTube monetization where they act on your behalf, essentially, to find videos that are using your compositions or, or your, your songs, things like this, and monetize those accounts on your behalf. Um, Audium.com, for example, that is their core business. They focus just on, on finding copyrights and monetizing videos and then f therefore generating the revenue for, for um, composers. The needle time debacle in South Africa has recently been resolved. So tell us a bit more about what needle time actually is and, and how people are supposed to earn from that royalty because I don't think a lot of artists are very well aware of what it even is. When, when you say resolved, it's, it's not quite yet, yet there. Um, because there's various other issues with, with rates and things and high court judgments which are now being fought. Um, the whole needle time issue is, is, is a very touchy subject in the, in the music industry. But one development, as you say, which has come about and, and is great for the, for the industry is um, the merge w between Poser and Sampro. So just to, to give you a bit of background, needle time um, was historically in our law and is, has recently been brought back and it's essentially the copyright which compensates performers and master rights owners. So anyone that is, has had some input or uh, yeah, input on a, on a, on a recording. Um, that right is essentially licensed the same way that Sam, Samro licensed their performing right for the composition. So Sampro, who have been doing the licensing for Needle Time, have been licensing various music uses for the, the right to perform that sound recording as opposed to the composition which uh, Samro does. And basically the issue has, has stemmed from where that money is going to go, how it's going to be, be distributed, because there's two parties that need to be compensated for. One being the performers who are the the additional band members, the session musicians, producers in some cases, who have 
who have added to that sound recording but haven't essentially wrote that song. And then on the other end, you get the master rights owners who traditionally are the, the record labels who have obviously funded the recordings and, and that being their input. Um, due to bad legislation um, and various sort of loopholes in, in, in uh, the law, that money was essentially going to be collected by Sampra, Sampra rec representing just record labels. Um, paid out directly to the record labels and from there it was going to be left up to the record labels to pay the performance branch which is all which seems fine from a from a layman perspective but essentially the record labels could use that money to recoup expenses um, the law doesn't essentially say what percentage split has to be done um, so they could essentially give the performers nothing, they could take the whole 100%. Um, I'm not saying that they, they would, I'm, I'm just saying the, the possibility was there. Um, and what this merger has now done is it provides one licensing and collecting society with respect to needle time that licenses these music users, collects the 100% and from there 50% gets distributed into a performer's branch, which is POSA or POSA Trust, um, and a label branch, which is, which is Sampra. And therefore, people know that, that uh, the money will be, be split equally. Um, session musicians, for example, a lot of them don't even know that this, this needle time exists. And, and people have generally thought that only the composer, the person who wrote the song, has a claim to any royalty. But this means that um, there's, there's a portion of about 200 million which is yet to be distributed by Sampra um, and an additional portion ranging from around 350 million which, which still needs to be uh, collected for. Um, and this money now will kind of essentially start flowing um, and this merger means that this money will start being distributed to these performers and, and labels alike. So with the rise in digital music distribution, do you think labels and publishers will likely be around in the future? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Um, and it's a, it's a big sort of debate and, and, and struggle essentially that's going on worldwide. Um, labels since the, the birth of the internet and, and piracy and all of that have been sort of clinging to, to different business models and, and different ideas to, to start keeping their business afloat and generating the revenue that they used to. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do still think they've, they've got a long time. Um, they're going to be around for a long time. And the reason I say that is, is labels and publishers, they have the infrastructure, with majors in particular, um, they have the infrastructure they have the finances, they're not afraid to, to spend money. Um, clout, essentially, they, um, you know, being represented by a label, your, your sort of perspective from how everyone else sees you is, is a lot more professional, a lot more, it, it goes a long way, essentially. Um, and marketing, the record labels and publishers, they know how to market. That's, that's their, their business, essentially, and, and they've been doing it for so long. Um, but, uh, yeah, with respect to, 
to the digital space and, and what it allows, it essentially just gives in, independent artists um, the ability to get a lot further without those record labels and publishers. And there's a lot more that they can do. Um, and essentially they can get themselves to a point where they're at a, a sort of stature where the contract negotiations and, and things like that with record labels and publishers become a lot more easier and, and terms can, can be, be negotiated for a lot more in your favor. Um, whether you can go it alone completely without a record label ever getting, yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's, it's, it's not like it's not possible. We just have yet to see it done completely without the influence of a, a record label or publisher. But yeah, I, I do still think that, that they have a long time. Would you recommend artists signing with labels or, or staying independent, doing it on their own all the way? Yeah, definitely, you know, with, provided that you have the knowledge, essentially, if, if you don't know what you're doing, obviously the, the label is and, and publishers are the best route to go. But you need to make sure that your label and publisher are doing what, what you need of them, essentially. Um, a lot of publishers and a lot of record labels will sort of just sign you on, you know, in a sort of standard deal, taking a cut of your copyright, um, and you know, you not having a, a, a good knowledge of the industry may, may be signing a, a terrible deal only for your publisher to just sit with your copyright and, and not do anything with it. Um, publishers' jobs are to, to exploit your music and to, to get your music out there and to contact DSTV, for example, to get your music onto the next DSTV advert or um, nurture you as a songwriter and, and help you with, with development and respectively record labels, it's their job to market and it's their job to look after you and, and, and in the same light nurture and develop you as a, as a performing artist. Um, so I'd steer clear of the, the sort of just seeing a, a record contract in front of you and seeing a big sum of, of money and just where do I sign essentially, you know. Um, and as I said in the previous question, there's so many, uh, there's so many, w with respect to aggregators and online, there's so much you can do for yourself um, to get yourself to, to a, a point where record labels will essentially be coming to you. Um, and that's where you have the negotiating power. Um, and maybe essentially you don't even need those record labels and, and publishers at all and you could shoot your career into stardom with without them um, but yeah I would I would steer clear of record labels and publishers with with hoping that you you've you've at least given yourself an opportunity and a chance with with all the tools that you have on, in a digital space what are the current international music trends and does South Africa coincide with them? Uh, yeah, most definitely. The thing with this, this industry is, is things are happening all the time, as we know, and, th and things change every day. Um, we saw this U2 iTunes uh, partnership where they managed to distribute to over five, 500 million uh, users, one of the biggest distributions in history, essentially. Um, People are now releasing their music on apps. Um, 
Alt-J, for example, released an app which was location-based. It, it was their new album and essentially you, you had to go to a park or a monument or somewhere interesting and only in those locations could you stream their new album. Um, Radiohead released an app which was a, a sort of soundscape app um, developed to, to sort of mirror the, the feel of their new album. Large things are happening and, and it's great to see. Um, people are partnering up, Jay-Z and the big Samsung partnership was huge. Um, with respect to South Africa, we're getting there and, and, and there's a lot of things that need to change. Um, a copyright review commission has been given which needs to, to take a look at our, our outdated copyright act and, and address certain areas. Um, Broadband, with respect to broadband, it's been a, a, a big reason why streaming services have, have sort of been wary to come here. But things are looking good in that respect as well. Um, data, data costs are coming down, telecoms upping their, their line speeds, things like that. Um, but yeah, things are looking good for the, for the international industry and it's, and it's interesting to see where sort of people are exploiting new new spaces with respect to the digital world to to get their music out there in, in different more interesting ways and any final advice for musicians to cope and thrive in this fast-changing music business yeah get um know your business essentially if you're a if you're a composer or you're a you're an artist or you're wanting to start a label you need to know what you're doing and you, you need to know what copyrights exist and you need to get knowledgeable you know take courses, uh, look online, read books, do what you need to do um, because essentially that's going to be the, the make or break. Um, obviously you can get managers and things like that but even in respect of those, who is going to negotiate your management contract? Who's going to you know, negotiate the contracts when you get into to record deals or publishing agreements? So um, yeah, just know your business essentially and, and, and know what you're doing and stay up to date and, and follow in industry trends and from that as I say using the, the digital world and, and the tools that you have you can, you can boost your career tremendously. Yeah so people can contact me uh, at Warwick P at Capasso. Um, Warwick, I'm sure you'll get the spelling out, W-A-R-R-I-C-K-P at Capasso. Um, and yeah, feel free to ask me anything if, if you need help with, with contracts or you're looking for advice. I'm, I'm always happy to help and, and give some advice on, on things. Thanks so much to Warwick for joining us in studio and Shot for tuning in, folks. We hope you guys got a clearer insight into the world of digital and online music. Until next time, keep it live and local.